I was someone who was claiming to be a boss, had my side hustle, uh-uh-uh. And then one morning, my, my real boss calls me and he's like, Paulina, can you read me the sales reports from this morning? And I was mute. I didn't even know how to read the effing sales reports. And I was like, here I am on social media being a boss ass bitch. And I can't even read this. I can't even read numbers to this man. <laughs> and so it really checked me because again, you'll, you know, we know that like a lot of people claim CEO until it's time for payroll taxes, until it's time to manage teams. Like there's real responsibilities that come with that title. So that was my first checkpoint. I was like, wow, like, I really need to get serious about how I navigate, you know? And so I started asking more questions, raising my hands, sitting in strategy meetings, offering to take notes, doing um, one-on-ones coffee, coffee dates with the head of every department. Welcome to the Juicy CEO Podcast. Listen, it's time to give you some hard truths. So sit up and pay attention. If you don't know how to stand out online today, you have already lost. In order to create credibility, influence, and real staying power, you have to build a personal brand with some juice. So join me, personal brand strategist, coach, and breast cancer survivor, Monique Bryan, each Wednesday morning as I teach you all the tips and tricks I use to build my six-figure brand while in remission. It's time for you to get to that juicy CEO status by learning from some badass women in business who've been where you are, showing you that juicy CEOs are made, not born. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to get into the juice. I am super excited to welcome our next guest to the show. She is a juicy CEO in every sense of the word. And when I find myself doubting myself or something's going on in my business and I'm not quite sure or somebody just be messing with me, I ask myself, what will Pollyanna do? What would Pollyanna do? Because she is a no-nonsense about her business, her community, and her queen, okay? So welcome Pollyanna Reed to the show. She is a senior contributor at Forbes Women and founder of The Writer's Block, a full-service celebrity ghostwriting agency. She is a purpose-driven entrepreneur with a storied career. When she doesn't have a pen in her hand, you can find Pollyanna mentoring millennial women and delivering university guest lectures on entrepreneurship, fulfilling her passion to light up dull classroom curriculums with real-world experience. Yes, please, okay? Because I have done some teaching in my past, and these youngins need some realness, okay? Uh, She is also a mental health advocate and public speaker, widely known for using clever wit and candor, which is what attracted me to her, to help young adults see beyond the limits of their circumstances. Pollyanna founded New Girl on the Block, a mentorship program in 2015, and to date has helped more than 200 women successfully launch full-time businesses or profitable side hustles. She recently graduated from the Women's Leadership Program at Yale School of Management. Uh, uh, give it a snap. And when she is not working, Pollyanna is an active member of a chess club and loves to volunteer. Choom, choom, choom. Hello, bio. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. I'm, I'm really happy to be here, girlfriend. 
I am so excited to have you. You and I have so many offline conversations that this was bound to happen on the airways eventually. But before we get into it, my very first question is, how are you? Because with COVID, with being in our house, with everything changing, I don't want to step over the fact that everybody is dealing with something. And I just want to know, girl, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. I am sick and tired of... I've let go of 2020. Like I am living in the present and I want to enjoy the future. So I'm just, you know what I mean? Like it's, Mm. it's interesting you asked me that because, you know, last year was, yes, it was a very tough year. And I think a lot of us were just very tired every single day, but I'm amped. I'm hype. I'm optimistic. I'm ready to take on 2020. Um, like I'm, I'm here and I'm ready. So that's it. Period. Oh, I love that. And she's and she's speaking my vibes, right? Like, I love when we can, like, in the face of no agreement, still be like, yes, that's happening, but that is not going to stop me from shining my shine, from going after what I got to go after. And guys, if you don't know Pollyanna, you need to go be following because she's about, she's on that hustle, but she is on her own timeline. <laughs> I had seen something you had recently posted and you were like, listen... Some of us started the new year with no damn plan. And that is what it is. I am not going to let nobody rush my timeline. And I was like, oh, yeah. that hit me deep. Well, I that used hit me to deep. be, so I tell used me about to be that. an advocate for hustle culture. The biggest. I was team no sleep. I was, you know, I was a lot of things. <laughs> but I. <laughs> we all were a lot of things. I have, yeah, I've changed my tune. and. You know, I'm taking afternoon naps every single day, you know, and I, I just, I'm living, I'm living and leading a, a different life than I did. I love that. It did something happen that had you make that shift. It's something like specific you can point to or was it? A um, I mean, just 2020, like I, I usually have my Q4 plans my Q4, Q1 plans done well in advance. Like I am always on it. And when I didn't, and the time just continued passing me by, I just grew more comfortable with the fact that it's okay. It's okay if you don't have your goals set. It's okay. Like, of of course, you know me, like I run a company, so I have to get there at some point and I have, but it was just delayed. And I was like, you know what? The world didn't crash around me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Everything was fine. Yeah. You're like, the world continued to spin. My Instagram continued to happen. People still continued to buy. Things started, I, people yeah. still showed up. And I think I felt, I felt the same. It was like, there was a lot of angst at first, but then it was like, well, I only have the energy that I have. And when I brought more ease into my business, I was just a happier person, right? I was like, it is what it is. I can't, I can't move any faster than I am right now because my psyche won't allow me. Physically, I could, and my psyche wouldn't allow me. Um, but you have on different panels and different discussions, you've talked a lot about, you know, running your race, running your race. And I just love how you break that down. So tell, can you elaborate on what does it mean when you're telling people to run your race? Just not, not getting swept up in the idea that you have to achieve certain milestones by a certain age. Um, I mentor a lot of 20 year olds. 20 something year olds. And a lot of them, many of them, most of them are breaking down at the idea that they're running out of time. And I try to really encourage them. Like my 20s, I did all the things in my 20s. I experimented. 
I quit jobs. I, I was a badass. I traveled. I met new friends. I joined new teams. I played sport. Like I did. So it's your twenties is meant to pursue adventure. And so I try to remind them of that because listen, like your twenties, you can get away with a lot of shit. Your thirties and forties is when you have to be a little bit more calculated. And even those of us who are in our thirties and forties, right? Yes, of course, we now have to take responsibility because we have mortgages and kids and hubbies and all these things. But I mean, if you actually took the time to study some of the OGs, a lot of them are having long careers. They're hitting their milestones at the peaks of their careers later in life. So that tells me that like I'm 33. I still feel like I have a lot of time. I don't feel old. I don't feel that I'm like, like time is creeping away from me. And things happen as they're supposed to. And you have to go through shit to learn the lesson so that it can prepare you for the next season. I love that. A hundred percent. And you're like, you're 33. I just turned 40 this year. And I was like, I don't feel 40 at all. I was completely silly. I did all of the crazy that I was like, they're like, what? I was like, no, we are going to celebrate hard because every year is a yeah. gift as far as I'm concerned. And you are always learning. And I do believe you can reinvent yourself at any point in time. You, and that I love what you were talking about, the experimenting and the trying of new things. because Everybody is so afraid to make a mistake. They're so afraid and they're afraid. Everyone's afraid they're running out of time. And the reality is, is you're going to get older no matter what. So you might as well be doing what you love because you're still going to get to that age. It's a matter of what's happening when you get there. What you got? What's going on? So you have talked a lot online about your journey, about having jobs and leaving those jobs, right? So I, I know there's a lot of people who listen who are like literally at their nine to five right now being like, that's what I want to do. I need to be quitting this job. This boss be getting on my nerves. I'm going to go do my thing, right? So what advice would you give them? And I'd love if you shared a little bit about like, because you have so interesting how you um, strategically had the nine to five you had and strategically when yeah. you left, like that was all, it was like very smart. Yeah. Right? So I was an executive assistant for 10 years um, and I assisted presidents and CEOs and by far, it was the best position I ever held. Um, if you had asked me that in my college years, I would have told you that like I absolutely hated it and I, I didn't love the program um, because I wanted my dreams to happen way too soon. And we can talk about that. But um, so because the thing is, sometimes what you want isn't what you need. Right. And so I was fighting and screaming and questioning God and questioning my parents, not even knowing that the career that I was entering into was going to be the biggest chess move of my life. So it gave me a bird's eye view of everything that was happening in the company. It gave me access. Um, I was privy to a lot of confidential conversations. And I truly believe that when you're navigating the corporate world, doesn't matter what position you're in, that is your opportunity to connect. Sorry, that is your opportunity to collect research and data. That is your opportunity to learn as much as you can from the resources available to you, and also ask a million questions. I was someone who was claiming to be a boss, had my side hustle, uh-uh-uh. And then one morning, my, my real boss calls me and he's like, Paulina, can you read me the sales reports from this morning? And I was mute. I didn't even know how to read the effing sales reports. And I was like, here I am on social media being a boss ass bitch. And I can't even read this. I can't even read numbers to this man. <laughs> and so it really checked me because again, you'll, you know, we know that like a lot of people 
claim CEO until it's time for payroll taxes, until it's time to manage teams. Like there's real responsibilities that come with that title. So that was my first checkpoint. I was like, wow, like I really need to get serious about how I navigate, you know? And so I started asking more questions, raising my hands, sitting in strategy meetings, offering to take notes, doing um, one-on-ones coffee, coffee dates with the head of every department and volunteering for clubs, committees, associations um, that, you know, I didn't want to, I did not want to, but I felt like I had to because I really had to soak up everything. And so essentially, long story short, I ended up starting my my recent company, starting it in my cubicle. I built a six-figure income from my side hustle, and then I decided to quit in February of 2019. Love it. And all those things you were doing it's because a lot of people want to even like skip over like getting a nine to five and like just jumping into the CEO world. But I love that you were talking about like being a CEO. It's a, it's a, it's a nice romantic notion being a CEO until like you said, until you got to do real things like paperwork and tax and team and pay people other than yourself, where you may even be responsible for other people's livelihood and that of their families. Like that's a huge In responsibility. Order to operate a million dollar company, just take the time to really study how one is run. And if you're working for a successful company, you are in an excellent position um, and you should be paying attention to absolutely everything. I can trace, I can trace everything that I'm doing that like, it's crazy because, you know, we'll slam our bosses, but then when we become a boss, we literally, we're in their shoes. Like everything I'm doing now, it's like, you know what I mean? So for me, the dots just connected so beautifully. Another thing I'll say is like, you know, operating with an abundant mindset, you know, I think it's really important to understand that like it requires a mindset shift because what got you here won't take you there. And so I remember the day when I was offered the job, my boss was beaming and he's like, okay, and we're, you know, we're going to offer you 65 K. And he, to him, he was, he thought that was big, big money. And I was like, he was like, yeah, yeah exactly. you. but the thing is like, <laughs> I, I think the other thing is, um, is that you have to understand like, what is important to you in a nine to five? So every every job that I held, I entered at my salary cap because money wasn't wasn't the important factor. And I think that's where pe- a lot of people get it wrong, right? I wanted uh, flexibility. I wanted a millennial driven culture. I wanted bosses who could become mentors. I wanted um, my my most recent position. We had unlimited vacation time, which meant that I could take all my business trips. Right? I could take all my business trips. Um, and be flexible and still operate my company and still meet people in New York and LA and all these places. So like, you really have to measure like does, and also too, I had a cubicle, but I think that's very important. So like a lot of these new age offices, they have the open concept. I um, love that. I remember them being at the job, doing my stuff on the computer. They I, can't see you. Exactly. So like, there's certain things that were so important to me other than money. So I could care less about the 65 K, you know what I mean? So, and the mindset shift I was talking about is that, you know, the 65K is what the company can afford. It didn't amount to my true value. So it's really important that you don't define yourself by that. And you do what you re- you do what you can and you try to maximize it, right? And so, you know, I determined my true income. You know what I mean? So that was really important for me to understand. I love that. And that vacation thing is so real. Because I remember when I got my last nine to five before I started my business, it was, listen... You can pay me less, but I need the vacation time because I knew I could accomplish things way more with three or four weeks when now they only want to give you two weeks to do anything. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I, I listen, listen, 
I ran my office, okay? And this is this is this is like a <laughs> huge ass multi the assistant was I running the book show. My flights. And that I used to just book my flights, book my vacation, my business trips. I never took real vacations. What we, and I used to tell my boss after, like, you're there's, there's no there's not a choice here. You're not giving me a choice. Like, we had a really great and this is what I'm saying, if you have a boss, right, that's that operates as a mentor, you know, he I was very upfront and honest about the shit that I do outside of work. Because if you were to ever make me choose, it's not going to be you, period. Like, so I, and that's the thing. I was upfront and honest at the, in the interview process, right? So like, I feel like people yes. get into these jobs and they feel stuck, but you, you kind of imprisoned yourself, right? You didn't take this, you know, you didn't take this. And my dad also always used to tell me, baby, you can get, you can always get a job. So if I, if I did something to cross the line or if I had to break some rules, I always used to replay that. Listen. Pride aside, I can always get a job to pay the bills. You feel me? Yes. Yes. And I freaking love, like, that whole being up front in the interview, it's so key. I did, I was like, Pollyanna and you and I are running, living the same life at that time because I said the same thing. I was just like, this is what to expect. This is what's happening. These are the times I need to leave. There'll be no, like, me staying till six o'clock. Like, that's not going to happen because I already knew I was on right. to build something else. So when you are up front, you can have those types of liberties, which is fantastic. So everyone who's out there sitting at their nine to five being like, I need to be quitting this job and go be CEO of my life. Listen, she built the business from the cubicle. Don't just be out here like, you know, throwing spaghetti to the wall and hoping it stick. But you ain't no jack about what you're doing because many people don't know jack about what they're doing. Um, but we will get to that. This episode is brought to you by the Juicy Brand On Demand Membership, hashtag JBOD. After coaching hundreds of people on building their brand, I can tell you with certainty, the more you put yourself out there, the more money you gon' make. However, it's not going to be without its challenges. And without a roadmap, a high vibe community to tap into, and a skilled coach who has your back, you are going to be in for a tough ride. However, if you want the key to building juicy content, Juicy offers an even juicier marketing strategies, not to mention a coach that will help push you past those mindset roadblocks, then I want you to visit www.juicybrandondemand.com to sign up today. And here, I'm going to make it easy. Try it out for three months. And if it's not your vibe, cancel at any time. But you won't. Why? Because the best part about the membership is not only do you get weekly live coaching, you also get access to over 50 hours of online training that you can watch and rewatch at your leisure. So it's your choice. You could keep trying to put the pieces together on your own, buying dozens of programs from different experts that don't work together, or you could join the JBOD membership where service-based business owners learn to build, scale, and nurture their brand with everything they need to win in one place. Just go to www.juicybrandondemand.com to sign up today. Sounds juicy, right? Now let's get back to the episode. I wanted to talk about... Um... You're sitting in these, so you use that opportunity to learn as much as you could, um, learn about the business, get into the room. So that's being at your nine to five. Now talk to me about getting the importance of getting into a room as a CEO, because this is like, this is the thing right here. Like I was first, there's so many different times I was drawn to you, but definitely when I've seen you online and you talk about the things you've done and the lengths you've gone to 
to get the contracts some of us only dream about, right? So please tell the people, because everyone thinks it's a, it just happens. They see the success of you later, but they didn't see, or maybe they missed that live where you were talking about what you had to do to I get mean, there. Please I teach the people. A lot of examples. I'm, I'm just, so I always ask myself, what is the average woman not willing to do? And then that's what I do. You feel me? Like, that's really, that's really, because like someone who, and this is not to listen, I mean, there's levels to this, you know what I mean? So when I say average woman, that's in no way, shape or form to degrade her, but there are levels in order to win at this game. It is a game. You have to play by certain rules or sometimes break them. And not everyone's willing to do that. That's all that I mean by that statement. Um, because I got crucified on clubhouse the other day and we'll talk about that offline. Um, <laughs> She said offline. I was like making a note. I was like, oh, no. You can even talk about that. Standing in your power, right? And people are gonna, people are gonna. Oh, I mean, people I are gonna come for you. Someone tried I mean, to call me out. We're, we'll talk about it. Uh, <laughs> but no, like I, I'm always willing to go the extra mile. So if I have to spend my last for a flight, if I have to sleep on someone's couch, if I have to sleep at the airport, if I have to, you know, if I had to leave my my job early, if I, you know, I've crashed a corporate party to meet with the CEO. Um, one time I bumped into the owner, the CEO of a building in New York, and he had asked me what I did and I was armed and ready with my elevator pitch. Like it's one of those things where you just really have to get ready. Um, I remember, uh, I got a call from one of my mentors who asked me to, this is how, well, how I got the Forbes position. I got a call from my mentor and she said, Hey, like I'm meeting with the Forbes team t- uh, tonight or tomorrow, some tomorrow. And she's like, let me know if you want to join. Now she lives in New York. I'm in Toronto. So she's, she thinks this is just like, oh, I can go across the street. And so she's like, but you, she's like, you know what? Actually, like, it didn't even occur to me that you might have to take a flight and da, da, da. And I told her, I'm like, I will be there. She's like, no, no. She's like, you know what? She's like, don't even worry about it. There'll be more opportunities. And I'm like, you're, tr- you're trying to trick me. So like, you have to really pick up cues because of course I could have been like, you know what? I can't because I'll have to take time off. Da, da. I'm like, I will be, I will find myself there. And I did. You know what I mean? And I went through hell and back to to get there, but I did. So half the job is really just showing up, right? And then the other thing I'll say is, it's not always about who you know, it's about who knows you, right? My name, I can't tell you how many people have called me or texted me or emailed me. Hey girl, I was in the salon and your name came up. I was at dinner and the table across the hall, five women were just you know talking about you. Sometimes positive, sometimes negative but at least my name is in your mouth. <laughs> okay. Um, note that this will be a snippet. We need to be taken out and using <laughs> some, at least my name is in your mouth. Sometimes positive, sometimes negative, but at least my name is your, I friggin' love that. And this is what I'm talking about guys. Okay. Side note, just wait. Side note to the audience. This is what I'm talking about. It's like, when you see people who are like, emulating the thoughts that you have, but they're articulating it online. It's like that shit stays with you. And that's why I was like, I always have to be following what Pollyanna is doing because she's going to say something that's going to like knock me into the lane I'm supposed to be in. I'll give you a prime example, which she probably remembers. And I share this with my clients, but I don't necessarily share it with everyone. So Pollyanna was partner, probably still is in an event. And I'm just going to not say the event for now because it's not really important. 
right? And I was like, oh my God, I have to speak at this event. And this was very early days in like career. Like nobody knew me doing this thing. They knew my, they knew of me, but not, I wasn't doing what I was doing. Like I didn't own a lane, but I was like, no, Pollyanna is my homie. It's fine. I was like, girl, I need to be on that. And she was like, okay, so where's your media kit? And I was like, see what happened was I was, I was doing, she was like, girl, come on. She's like, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. First of all, that hurt my feelings, but she was right. So I spent the next 48 hours. I hired someone, I put it together. I sent it to her and she was like, and I was like, and I didn't get chosen to speak. And then I was like in my feelings about it. And then I, I, I got on a phone call with her and I was like, I really want feedback. Right. And this really helped. I was like, I need feedback on what could I have done differently? What it is. And she was just like, Monique, I know you're awesome and that's great, but I have a million people who do what you say you do. And I have a team that I have to pitch you to. And I was just like, yeah, but I'm really awesome though. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I know this, but that isn't enough. Like we really need receipts. We need you to be in a lane that's, that doesn't have someone else in the same lane who has a hundred thousand followers. Like, come on, you know? And again, in my feelings for about that, but it was so, it was such an, uh, eye opener for me. It was a very much an awakened moment. Cause I was just like, hello, right. duh. You know what I mean? I was just like, you have to stay ready. You can't just be out here pitch. And we won't talk about pitching. Cause I know, I think you said you get about like 50 pitches a day yeah. from people and they all doing it wrong. <laughs> Hence I was, I was doing it wrong, but I'm getting better. Um, so yeah, you know what? It's just about your unique value proposition. Right. I think at the very, the very fundamental, at the very basic level, it's all about your unique value proposition. What makes you different than everyone else? And I want everyone to pick up the book, Blue Ocean Strategy. That is incredible, right? So there's a red ocean and there's a blue ocean. You want to be in the blue ocean. The red ocean is dark, it's mucky, it's bloody, it's shark infested waters because it's so saturated. You want to create a blue ocean strategy. So you are swimming, baby. You are in the clear, swimming, you are in the clear blue waters. You're in, you're in the sea, a sea of your own. So I, that's constantly how I'm thinking, right? Even as I've evolved into, I mean, you knew me before I was deemed a ghostwriter, right? Even as I evolved into that lane, you know, ghostwriters existed for many, many years, right? Mainly in the music industry, but I opened my own lane in the on the business side of things, right? And so like, again, like how many ghostwriters do you really know, right? And how many ghostwriters do you know who are, con- you know, I, I do this. My team is excellent. You know, I run a team of 10 content ninjas, all women of color, and I've branded myself really well where I've built trust. I think the other thing is, when pitching, whether you're pitching to an event or pitching to a journalist, is like, we want to know your track record too. It's like, I don't think people stick to anything long enough to really master it. I can't tell you how many pitches I get. And it's like, oh, I started this business last week. And I, you know, I tell them to come back to me in a year. Like, how do I know your shit works? How do I know your methodology is effective? Show me case studies. Show me research that backs mm. up why you exist and why your work is important more than ever right now, right? Like these are things that people just, mm. I like, I, I get speechless. I'm just like, <laughs> ha, like, cause I've been a writer for 10 years and I love saying that. So, so it puts people, it puts them in perspective because like, you know, people will flip flop one day, they're a photographer. The next day they're a 
pilot. The next day they're a babysitter. And it's like, what, we don't know what, like, what do you actually do and what do you excel at? What is your zone of genius? And that has to be very, very clear. And it's, it's so interesting that you say that because so many businesses, people don't all have the stamina to go the long haul. So they're out here brand new pitching to you. And then you literally have to put your, it's like what people don't understand. It's like, you're putting your rep also on the line by writing about that person, because if they're out of business in a month or they've switched careers entirely, exactly. it's like, how do we even point back? Like, that's bullshit, right? So I totally respect that. And I think everybody who is new starting out. Um, so like, talk to me then about, so they want it. So somebody does want to come to pitch to you, please. I would love it. Cause I love, it. they tell them just like the first few steps, the proper I mean, honestly, way we don't have enough to time. do it. But the, <laughs> the basis that I will say to keep in mind is like, just really understand your company story, your founder story. Um, it's all about, I, people pitch me, uh, profiles. They mm-hmm. think that like they approach it because they want their name in lights. So they're coming from an ego driven place, not a purpose driven place, right? They want to just put the Forbes logo or the business insider logo on their website banner. And so I can always tell, I don't mm-hmm. do profiles. I solve problems, right? So either I'm exposing my reader to a new industry, I'm exposing them to insight they didn't know before. Or I'm solving a problem in their life or career. So like you want to pitch a solution to a problem that the audience who reads the publication needs solved. That's it. That's really what it boils down to. People pitch me, you know, I've been through these hardships and I've made this much. It's not about the money. And it's not even about your personal, your personal story is not news. Like, like I know everyone see, and I don't subscribe to any of these fairy tales because we keep telling people like, your story is is special and all these things. Cool, 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 cool. But in the business world, <laughs> in the business world, we want, pro- like entrepreneurs are people who identify a need and take the initiative to fill it, right? So like we want solutions. Like the audience is action oriented. That's all I care about. Your story will, will definitely add to the context and color, but what is the solution that you bring to, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, then pe- then it makes people really think like, oh shit, am I really solving a problem? What is my business about? Like when I, mm. you, if you pitch me eight times out of 10, I usually respond. Like if I see potential there, not necessarily like, not necessarily meaning like I'll feature your story tomorrow, but maybe like, I, w- I just want to help you out and give you some insight. You should see, and I'll send it to you just for kicks and giggles, but you should see the breakdown. I'm like the in bold when pitching to me, here's what you want to think about. Bum, 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 bum. Like, and I have like a, everybody wants this. Everybody will don't say shits and giggles. Everybody wants this nah, list. Oh, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with it's you. It's really just like a breakdown, but then it makes people really question themselves and question their business. And, and they should. Right. And I, I'm like, you do know you're going to send it to me and everybody listening to me like, where's the, where's the breakdown? I mean, they can, to they, can the also, they can also, they can also YouTube. I mean, I talk about this stuff all the time. I it's have, on it's on my highlights. Right? I have a video on YouTube and yeah. I also have a uh, blog post about it. But when I'm responding, if I'm, re- if I'm responding to a story pitch and like, I just, you know, I want to, you know, guide them a little bit. I do have something that I send out. Um, that's a summary of, and I, sh- and I like to share examples because a lot of journalists, They'll either delete you or they just may not respond, right? And I, if especially if it's a black founder, 
I'm like, if you're pitching this to me, I know you're pitching to other outlets like this. So let me like save you some time and give you some insight. It's really that. Like I really genuinely care. Maybe I won't feature you for whatever reason, but I actually want to give you some insight so it'll help you moving forward. Yes. Help a sister out. You're about to help a sister out. Hashtag. Well, let's talk a little bit about this like vulnerability and being out here, out here building your brand and things like this. Um, because I do find that you share like you're 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 both sides to me. Like you're you're hardcore, but at the same time, you're super soft. Like there's a lot that you do share about what's going on in your life, what you're dealing with, who you help, things like that. So what's your advice around being vulnerable, authentic? What parts of what you do share online about yourself? Like, is this good for business? I mean, if you're going to be on social media, like it requires a level of vulnerability. It's like, or else don't be on social media because the people are going to dig anyways, but I want to be in control of the narrative. That's the thing. People are going to inquire. They're going to dig. They're, they may even stalk. Like people are just people. They're curious. You know what I mean? So it's like so, social, social media allows me to be in control of the story. So I write my story. And that's, and for me, that is per- the definition of like personal branding. Like you control the message that's going out about you. And there's stuff that you share, stuff you don't choose to share. Um, I have two great things that you've been sharing lately. One is finding love on Clubhouse. I was like, oh, because I don't know if you guys know this about Pollyanna, but she is a big like love you <laughs> I am. Sorry. But she's in love, when she's like met the one, like she is so sharing and happy and all of that stuff. And it's such a beautiful thing to watch. So I just wanted to share that just because I want, I got some single friends and there needs to be hope out there right now because you cannot go and gather. So Clubhouse, people are finding love. That's one. And then the other thing that was really awesome that you were sharing was about this fund that you were on the board for. And it's $100,000 in scholarships that's going to be given out by the Alexandra Kristen Foundation. So I would love it if you told everybody about that. I know like right now, when is the deadline for it? Because you've already said offline, you said you got 700 applicants. Wild. Already. I mean, yeah, Crazy. I mean, there's, still, there's definitely still time and I'm honored to be a part of it. Alexandra is a great friend of mine who has an incredible story. I highly advise that everyone check her out. But this these are scholarships that are coming from her own checkbook, right? This is not government funded. Like she is a multimillionaire who wants to give back to her communities and she wants to see women win and she wants to help provide educational resources. I mean, you really have the liberty to use the money as you choose, but you know, whether you need a computer resource, you know, whatever you need to make your life and your, your career endeavors a little bit easier. We hope that this money will help. And I love that you can use the money as you choose, because I do find there's a lot of organizations out there that kind of like, it's like you have to convince them that you've got this crazy business plan and all of these things in order to do some of the basic things that you need in your business that could just help push you forward and get you a little bit ahead. So um, everybody will put the link in the show notes to that. Um, Hopefully it's still available by the time it comes out. If not, um, go look it up and I'm sure it'll be back around for next season, next year. So this is not a one and done. Definitely. I love this. Um, so 
Pollyanna, as I come to the end of our juiciest of conversations, I just love talking to you. a lot of juice today. And I really... We have some good... Oh my gosh, pieces. girl. We could go on We could go on for hours, really. And we have in the past, but I'm sure there's offline conversations we're going to be having that Monique Macy will be recording <laughs> for everybody. Um, but what I want to say is I really want to acknowledge you for who you show up as in the world. So many different facets to this beautiful human being who is a giver, who is authentic, who is vulnerable, who is love, who is give you some act right when you need it, who does like put your name in rooms where she thinks it may help you. Um, But she is also about her business. Like at the same time, there is no shame in advocating for yourself while you advocate for others. And that is why we love you. Some Pollyanna Reed, baby. So um, I want to thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in real life. If you enjoy this episode, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss the juice every single week. And if you thought this episode was super juicy, it would mean the world if you gave it a five-star rating and left a review over on iTunes so I could keep bringing the juice to more people who need it. And if you want to win some juicy swag, I want you to take a screenshot of this episode from wherever you're listening, then post it to your stories and tag me over on Instagram at MoniquePrian underscore co. That's Brian with a Y. And you will automatically be entered to win. Until next time, my lovelies, keep building that brand over a business and raising your juicy CEO status.